Have you ever been afraid of something and just didn't do it? How did it make you feel when you didn't do that thing? At some point in all of our lives, we've experienced fear. And when we've experienced that fear, we've let it stop us from moving forward, from taking action, from speaking up, even though we know in our heart of hearts that we need to do those things. Well, today on the podcast, we're diving into a way to get past our fears by using the power of our voices and video. Welcome everyone to episode number 282 of the Amplify Your Awesome podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and this week we're taking a bit of a departure from our regular topics like content creation and repurposing and bringing our kids into our business to dive into something that's been on my mind and in my heart and probably yours as well. So let's dive in, shall we? Now, I'll be the first to admit that I don't normally watch the news because it tends to make me anxious. And it often puts me in a state of fear and in a lack mindset. And it's really sort of what I believe the news is all about, right? To report on the negative things that are happening in our world. We don't often see positive, and for that reason alone, I tend not to consume that information. So when I began seeing some very heated posts in my social feeds, I went to investigate. When I did, I was absolutely mortified. I was angry. I was sad. And I let the fear of what I knew I needed to say out loud to you creep in and consume me. Total transparency, I hesitated whether or not to even record this podcast episode. Do I continue releasing the episodes I had already planned on releasing? Or do I want to open up and have a conversation about hard things and the injustices that have risen to the surface? Well, I'm choosing the latter and I hope that's okay with you. Before we dive into this deep conversation, I want to give you a little backstory that's been stirred up and has risen to the surface for me as of late. Now, some of you may know this about me, others may not. I grew up in a small town in northeastern Nevada, just down the hill from where I live now. That fact in and of itself is totally unremarkable. What made a mark on me during childhood was the dynamic of being raised by biracial parents in a predominantly Caucasian town. My dad is Caucasian, and my mom is Korean. There was a smattering of Hispanic families in town along with those of Basque and Italian heritage. My brother and I were the only Asian kids at our elementary schools. My brother, who was dark-skinned with black hair and brown eyes, was often passed off as maybe being Hispanic. He was fiercely confident in the life of the party and was always surrounded by friends. I, on the other hand, was a fair-skinned, red-haired, freckle-faced kid with a weird name that rhymes with some rather unpleasant words that the kids on the playground would so often chant. Looking back, I see a kid with very little self-confidence, and because of that, I was extremely shy, never wanting to get called on in class, never wanting to stand out, 
and be remarkable in any way because I looked different. This was in stark contrast to the desire I had inside to figure things out on my own, but heaven forbid I break a rule. I remember hearing people ask if I was adopted, especially when I was with my mom, because other than maybe the shape of our eyes or our faces, we looked nothing alike. I remember the way some people looked at and treated my mom. Today, we call it racism. Back then, no one thought differently of it, at least where we lived. I remember just being embarrassed to be Asian because it made me different. And when I went back to Korea at the age of nine, I stood out like a sore thumb. So much so, in fact, that everywhere we went, people on the street, literal strangers, would surround me and reach out their hands to touch me. They'd pinch my cheeks. They'd rub my skin because it was so white. They'd stroke my hair. The worst part is that they thought it was okay to treat me like an object, like a doll on display because I looked different from them. Even though I was such an oddity, my life was really never in danger because of the color of my skin, like so many are today. So as the events over the past few weeks have unfolded, it's brought back a lot of stories and a lot of memories and the realities of race in our country. As I so often do when faced with a situation or an event that comes with big emotions, especially those that cause me to question my own beliefs, I tend to retreat inwardly and objectively observe the world around me in order to process. To some, me not showing up and voicing concern or anger, or sadness, may look like I'm standing on the sidelines doing nothing. Like I'm letting the fear of speaking up stop me from using my voice for good, for change. That's not the reality at all. I've come to learn that as an emotional projector, according to my human design, part of my strategy when it comes to making decisions, like the decision to create this podcast episode, is the necessity of riding out my emotional waves, experiencing all the highs and the lows. And holy cow, have there been some low lows lately in the face of the terrible injustices that have befallen our world. Riding this emotional wave has brought me the clarity I need before I could speak up and speak out. Now that I've gained some clarity around what's happening in our world and I've started to have hard conversations with my girls, here's what I know with 100% certainty. It's time to examine or re-examine our own beliefs. It's time to have more hard conversations. It's time to think about what the future will look like if we do nothing or don't say anything. It's time to imagine what the future could look like if we do take a stand. It's time to stand up and speak up, my friend. 
It's time to be part of the positive changes that are so desperately needed in our world, especially in the U.S. right now. You may be wondering how we do this. Here's how. By using the power of our voices to bring about the changes we wish to see in this world. And one of the very best ways to share your voice is with video, especially live video, because it's real, it's raw, and it's unedited. So my friend, I have an invitation for you. If you're ready to be a voice of change, I invite you to join me inside my Super 7 live video challenge that kicks off on Wednesday, June 10th. And because I know many of you want to find a way to use your voice for good, I want to gift you this challenge. All you have to do is head over to today's show notes at youngpratt.com slash 282 and use the coupon code VOICE and the challenge is yours for exactly $0. Now, this is a challenge that I've sold separately for $77, and inside this challenge is a simple framework to make the most impact with your voice on video. It's a framework that's taken me from being scared of pressing that record button to now loving the medium of video. It's a framework that's cost me literally tens of thousands of dollars and over a decade to create, and I want to gift it to you because I believe in you. I believe in your business and your message. I believe in the power of your voice to create positive changes in this world. And just think about the momentum, not to mention the compound effect that would happen if we create and unite our voices together for good. If you're ready, my friend, head over to today's show notes at youngpratt.com slash 282 and save your seat for the upcoming Super 7 Live Video Challenge. For seven days, we'll dive into the whys and the hows of live video, and in a single week, you'll have everything you need to show up consistently and confidently on video and be a voice for change. Be sure to use the coupon code VOICE to save $77. Video is powerful. Your voice is even more powerful, and it's absolutely time to use it to create the positive changes you want to see in this world. Cheers to using your voice and cheers to using video. I'll see you inside the challenge.